Gemara Erubin has been sponsored by Mr. Isaac Jamal and his wife Celia for their success, for their children's success, health, happiness, beracha, parnasav, atzlaha, bechol maaseh yedehem. Today's daf has been dedicated by Nisim and Elias Basan in honor of the dear mother Sarah Bat Malka. Today's daf is being studied We are beginning on daf Khaf Alif Amud Bet And we are going to begin uh, right on the bottom line We are continuing to be Doresh some Pesukim from Shira Shirim Sheikh Orot Ka'orev uh, we started the Pasuk yesterday. Dosho ketem paz kibusotav tantalim shehorot kaorev. Yesterday's daf we learned on the words kibusotav tantalim that on every tag, uh, those are the crowns that are on top of the Torah, uh, one is able to doresh tilet tilim shel halachot. Mounds and mounds of halachot. And now the Gemara quotes the end of the Pasuk, Shechorot Ka'orev, black as a raven. So the Gemara says, Bemi atam mutsan. Who do you find the greatness of Torah in? And we just said it's possible to expound even on the crowns of the Torah. In which type of person uh, do you find the ability to be Doresh, even the crowns of the Torah? So he says, only someone that's shechorot ka'orev, that's black like a raven. The Gemara, bemi atam mutsan, bemi shemashkim umariv alehem lebet ha-medrash. Somebody that gets up early and stays late in the bet ha-medrash. Which means when the Pasuk says shechorot, she says lashon shaharit. Which means that's the person that uh, is up early for shaharit ka'orev. And also he's in, in the Bet Midrash at Arbit. So those people you find excellence in Torah. Rabbi Amar, Rabbi is a different Dirashah. Pemishem mashhir panav alehen ka'orev. Which means a person that becomes black from the study of Torah like a raven. Raven is a black bird. Meaning a person deprives himself from all the other pleasures of this world. And he toils and he, he doesn't eat and he doesn't drink and he doesn't involve himself in other pleasures. Until he becomes blackened, so to speak, in his toiling of the Torah. So when he becomes black like a raven, so then already he becomes great in learning. Rava Amar, says, greatness in Torah only comes when one makes himself cruel to his family his own children like a raven. Which means a person cannot um, to involve himself in the obligations of his home and uh, you know, worry about his children and become great in Torah. So therefore he has to become to a certain extent akzari, cruel on his children like a raven is to his children. But she tells us that when a raven's children are born, the children are white. And therefore the uh, mother doesn't think that it belongs uh, to her. And therefore she abandons the children at birth. And uh, God makes a miracle and some worms 
come out of the uh, feces of the animal of the of the of the baby raven and crawl up to the raven's mouth, and that becomes his food. These worms that come from his uh, feces, and that's what we say in the Teilim, Orev that God answers the children of the raven because when they're born, they have no uh, sustenance. In any event, the Gemara says you have to be as cruel to, the, to your family like the raven is to his children. The Gemara tells a story. was going to the Bet Midrash of Rav. So his wife told him, What do you want me to do with your children? He's going off to the yeshiva. Who's going to support the kids? So he tells him, uh, there's, there's no more reeds left in the swamps, which means go 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 to the swamps and cut the uh, the uh, to one explanation in Nashi, it's a vegetable. Go cut these vegetables and give it to them. Quote another explanation in Nashi, it's a certain type of reed that when you uh, cut it and grind it, you're able to make some sort of bread. This is very inferior stuff, but. So he's trying to say, well, just uh, go get this uh, food from the uh, swamps and feed it to the children. Why? Because he had to go study Torah. Now the Gemara continues in the Rashot. Pasuk writes, Umshalem lesona'av el panav la'avido. Olam rewards his uh, sonav, the enemies of God. He pays them their due reward, el panav. Which the Gemara is going to be Doreshe Al Panav, it's on his face, Laavido, to ultimately destroy them, which means God is just, and He rewards even the wicked for the mitzvot that they do. But the Gemara is going to tell us that He rewards them in this world, in order that He could destroy them in the world to come. He doesn't give them their uh, reward in the next world. So the Gemara says, Amar It wasn't that the Pasuk said it. We would we wouldn't be allowed to say this. Kiviachol ke Adam Shinosem Masui Al Panav Umbakesh Lashtikomimenu. It's as if a person is carrying a burden al panav on his face and he can't hold it anymore and he just wants to throw it off. So that's the Pasuk is saying, Um Shalem Nisun Av Al Panav. She's as if it's a burden on God that he has to even pay the uh, the Sha'im, as if he says he just throws it off his face, which means he unburdens himself to give the Sha'im their reward. Now, of course, <coughs> we say Kibyakol because there's nothing as a burden to God, <coughs> but it's as if it's difficult, so to speak, for God that he has to just pay the enemies that go against him, he has to pay them for the good that they do in order to ultimately destroy them. So, Kamzu Gabaran says, Lo ye'aher. The Pasuk continues, Lo He does not delay paying his enemies. Which means he pays his enemies, the transgressors of the Torah, he pays them immediately. Amar Rav Ilah, Yeah, to the enemies, he does not delay in giving reward. Aval but for the tzaddikim, their reward is indeed on delay. It says that I'm commanding you today to do. 
What does it mean today? So the Gemara says, Hayom na'asotam, v'don ve'mahal na'asotam. Well, first, the mitzvot can only be done today, meaning in this world. Mitzvot cannot be done in Olam Abba. Then already that's the world of reward. And therefore the Pasuk tells us, Hayom na'asotam. Remember, the mitzvot are done in the present world. Then the Gemara gives an alternate dirasha. Hayom na'asotam, v'mahal le'kabel se'charam. Yes, Today, in this world, it's the world of action. Hayom na'asotam. Umachar. And olam abba, that's when you're going to receive the reward. So you see, when it comes to the tzaddikim, the reward is on delay. They don't get the reward till olam abba. However, the rishayim, God rewards them in this world immediately. Lo yachir. He doesn't delay. Why? Because He wants to destroy them in Olam Abba, he doesn't want to have to give them any reward there. He wants to, you know, ultimately destroy them. So therefore they get paid in this world, as opposed to the tzaddikim that do not. Amar of Haggai, v'etimar of Shweba Nachmani, my dichtiv, what does it mean when it talks to one of the traits of Borei Olam? God is called Erech Apayim, which literally means he has patience. Erech Apayim is tolerant. However, the word Apayim implies that God has two faces. Apayim is, uh, is a face. <laughs> so the Gemara says, Erech af If it was referring to the patience of God, so it should have said, Erech af, which means he has a, a, a long tolerance, which is one face, which means he has uh, the patience of, 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 of one af. God has two faces. So the Gemara says, Ela Erech apayim latzadikim, Erech apayim larsha'im. Yes, God, God has patience two ways. He has patience to the tzaddikim, and he has patience as well to the sha'im. How? So that she says, Apayim, we read that as she together. Mashma panim ben sohakot ben zeumot. Yes, there's two faces. There's the smiling face, and then there's the sad face. Apayim sohakot ma'arikhu ma'achel tzaddikim na'atidabo. Yeah. The good face, meaning of reward, God delays their reward, so they can enjoy their reward uh, in Olam Abba. However, that's the bad face, so to speak, of punishment. God also, according to this explanation, delays the punishment of the, the Sha'im. Why? So Tosfot says in order to give them a chance to make Teshuvah, in order they have a chance to repent. And therefore, uh, we see over here that that's God's patience works both ways. Means when it comes to rewarding the Tzaddikim, He waits to give them the reward in Allah Abba, which is the true reward. And the Shaim also, He punishes them, uh, also according to this later, in order to give them a chance so they can repent. As the Tabtu Zafot says, we read it, Apayim shu'akot ma'arik la tzaddikim ad la'atid, he waits to punish them until Olam Abba. That's also good, like we learned. That he punishes them in Olam Abba. Because they have a chance to repent. If they were getting everything in this world over, it's too late. They, they're getting uh, punished. So everybody Olam is patient for the Shaim also to repent. That's Erech Apayim, the two faces, so to speak. The Gemara continues, and we go back now to the laws of Paseh Bida'ot. Now, we learned in our Mishnah, uh, opinion of the Biyuda, regarding Paseh Bida'ot. <coughs> and the Shitav of the Biyuda was, 
that since in this area there is no dwellers, all it is is for the animal to drink some water, uh, so he held that uh, you are not allowed to have a pasibidaot more than betzatayim. Betzatayim was 5,000 amma. Okay, that's the maximum amount of uh, distance you're allowed to have in your pasibidaot. Hachemim held, no, this is uh, serving human beings as well. The person goes in with his animal, and it's no different than we said a pen, where also he pens his animals, which is to service uh, the person. So therefore, and he also stays in there sometimes, he can also drink in the Pasibir in certain situations. Therefore, according to the Hakamim, it can be uh, unlimited, so long as you have the uh, proper adjustments. But to be without limited the amount of area to Bet Satayim. Now the Gemara wants to know, what, ex- what exactly, which area was he talking about to be with that when he said Bet Satayim? Which, uh, which uh, part of the Pasebir, because you have the well area, and then you have the area around the well. So the Gemara wants to say, Bor upasim ka'amar. Did he refer to the, which is the total area of the board and the pasim cannot be more than Bet Satayim. Again, it's 5,000 Amma. It includes bet the board and the pasim, or odilma bor velo pasim kaamar. Or no, maybe it's only referring to the board and not the pasim. Meaning, maybe he's telling you the board can be very big, <laughs> meaning bet satayim, and not including the area that we give you around the board, because the Mishnah told us you get around the board a minimum of two amot. Because you have to have a space for the animal to go in. So it could be, when the Gemara says, Bet Satayim, it means the board, which is the main item, is the board. That's Bet Satayim. But we give you two amot as well, next to the board. So it's technically Bet Satayim plus two amot. Or do we say, no, 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 the Bet Satayim is including everything. The board and the Pasim, that's the maximum shoot of everything. Or do we say, no, it's only the board, and you get a bonus to Amot on the side uh, in order for the animal to fit in. So the Gemara gives a logic now. Adam noten enav biboro. The main thing where a guy puts his focus is where? On the board. Velo gazrinan dilma Which means if you're going to let the guy have a board. A time plus two amot more. Technically, it's betzatayim plus. You might be making gezera and say, if a guy sees that he's allowed to have betzatayim plus two amot more in a place where he has an area that's not walled for residents, which we said the maximum is betzatayim. That's the maximum amount of uh, area you're allowed to wall and to make it to the shoot because it's not walled for residency. Right, it's low kafledira. A guy might come along and say, "I can do it more than betzatayim because I did it by the case of the board and the pasim." <laughs> so this side says he won't make. We won't make such a gezira. Why? Because a guy knows the main item over here is the well, and therefore the well. What, what am I doing this whole for? For the well, I need to need to drink water from the well. So the well is the area of betzatayim, and those two amot that extend out of it. That's really an extension of the well. And therefore, in a regular field, the guy's not going to think he can do more than Ben Satayim. He, he perceives the area over here as, it's a well situation, and therefore, 
I get my bedside time on the wall. I would be giving you more than that. Not the, the two amot extra. That's not considered uh, in his mind uh, as separate. He says it's an extension to the well between. How can I use the well now? I need to use the well. Well, you need, you need two amot just to get to access the well by putting the animal there. So I'm not going to make a gezerah if I let you get pizza time in well and two amot extended. I'm not going to make a gezerah that he might come to. Uh, wall more than betzatayim and come to carry. That's one side of the equation. Odilma, or do we say no? Adam noten anab bemechitzato. Or do we say no, no, no? A person looks at the walls. Where are his walls? Now, if you look at the walls here, the walls are bottom line. They're surrounding more than betzatayim. And then, if you let a guy wall more than betzatayim and carry, what is he going to do in the next case? The gazlinan He'll come along in a place in an area that's not walled for dwelling, for residence. See, and what he's going to do it more than betzatayim. So the question is, where does he where does he focus? Is he focus on the well or is he focus on the walls? Look at that sheet. Adam noten aynab beboro. If he's going to try to compare the case of the Pasim to another case, if he's going to try to learn from the case of the Pasim to a different case, he focuses again and he learns from the well. He says, what's the main item in this area over here? The well. How big is the well? So he's going to say, what? That's as maximum I can go on an area that's not Hukaf. However, even though there is more area there, in a regular case, do we say? Meaning he's going to focus it on the walls. If he's going to learn from the case of the Pasim to a different case, he learns from the walls. So that's the whole question of here. What is the, uh, do we make a Gezerah or not? Again, we're talking about a rule. I should go back. Uh, according to everybody, we, they all hold that if you have an open area that you're putting a wall around it, technically it should become an Ishuti Yahid. And therefore, technically there should be no Shi'ud of how big that open area is. Once you wall it, it should be an Ishuti Yahid. But the Halakha is not like that. Halakha is if there's no residency in that area, that wall is considered a Karpef Shelohu Kaf Lidira. And Hakamim only gave you a maximum of betsa time to be considered a shuti yahid. More than betsa time, even though there's a wall around it, has a deen of a karmelit, and you're not going to be allowed to carry. That's a deen. Hakamim said you cannot wall any area at any in, in any area and make it a shuti yahid. It has to be a karpef shukaf dira. Only if it's walled for people that are residing inside or using inside. But if it's just like a field outside the the, 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 the yeshuv, the outside the settlement, and they just put a fence around it, so there's a maximum. You can only go betzatayim. So now the she'ela is, in this case we have the pasim. When we said, according to the Biyuda, we only let them go betzatayim, what are you including over here? So one side of the Gebarah says, no, it's the well is betzatayim. And then you get who are more, more past the well. Because we're not worried that a guy's going to learn from there 
to make more than Betzatayim in a case where uh, you have an area that's low Kafladira. Because he focuses on the well. He knows the main item of it that we're trying to matim to me is the well. The well is Betzatayim. I'm going to put Betzatayim. I will put this two more amot outside for the animal to get in. He says, yeah, that's auxiliary. That's not part of the the, the main ikad over here. That they just did it to let the animal get in to drink from the well. But the main shiur is discussed by the board. Or do you say no? He looks where the walls are. He looks at his diu madim. His four poses, he says, this is a uh, uh, wall uh, uh, around an area that's bet satayim, plus, that he's going to come along and say, oh, I can do it somewhere else. And therefore he's going to come around and make a wall, bet satayim plus, which is not allowed. So therefore, those are the two sides of the <coughs> sefik. So the Gebara says, Tashema, come and listen. This is also part of the Mishnah. Kamahen mikurabin. So we said, how close can you bring the diumadin to the well? What's the minimum amount? Right? We said, just the amount to fit the majority of the cow, which we said was to amot. As long as the majority of the cow can fit within the diumadin, that's the minimum amount of closeness you can bring the diumadin to the well. Then what's the maximum distance you can put the diumadin away from the well? Afilu kur, afilu kurayim. Tremendous amount. The kur is 30 se'ah, which is, you know, a tremendous amount. You don't need betzatayim. You can even do uh, uh, 30 se'ah, kurayim is 60 se'ah, which is a tremendous amount. No no limit. So the Be'udah, the Mishnah said no. The maximum amount is betzatayim, 5,000 amma. Yeten betzatayim asur. But more than betzatayim? Asur, because the Be'udah says this is not considered... For residency, <coughs> so the rabbis came and challenged the Biuda and told them, "You don't agree when it comes to a deer. Deer is a pen. They used to pen their animals in order that the animals would stay in a certain enclosed area to fertilize the ground. The Sahar, Sahar is also an, an area where they used to place the animals uh, as they would uh, travel. They would place them in these um, these uh, you want to call them like a corral, umukse." Omukseh is also a the back of the house. The back of the house, they would pen it also, they would put walls there. Like a shed, where they used to for storage, it's called the Mukseh. The Hatser, Hatser is in front of the house, they would also wall it. Afilu bet hameshet kurin, ubet aseret kurin, shemutar. What you don't hold when it comes to these cases over there, that you could wall it five kur, even ten kur, which is a tremendous amount of, of, uh, of, um, of space. Why? Even though the main thing is for the animals, but since the human beings are using it also, it's also Tashmish Adam, so that's not considered Lo Kafladira, it's considered Lo Kafladira. You have to live there, but the point is you're using the space inside. You need that space inside, either for you or for your animals, therefore you can go unlimited. So why are you telling me when it comes to these Pasebidaot, Rabiuda, maximum time? Well, you don't agree when it comes to a deer, when it comes to a Sahar, when it comes to a Mukseh, that and when it comes to a. Um, uh, a uh, that you're allowed to go as much as you want. <coughs> so the same thing over here. So the Gemara says, "Amar lahem." So the Buddha says, "No, a big difference." Says in that case over there, you're using regular walls. When you use regular walls, then already I let you go as much as you want. But over here, you're not using regular walls. You're relying on these diumadim. When it comes to these, these they're not walls. They're just uh, L-shaped uh, brackets, like. So therefore, when it comes to diumadim, I'm more mahmir. 
and therefore since you're really not living in that area, it's just for your animals so they could drink. So then I say the maximum is Ben Satayim. So don't bring me a question, how come I allow more than Ben Satayim by those other cases? Those other cases are talking about when you're putting a regular wall. You put a regular wall, you go as much as you want, since it's serving the purposes of human beings. Mashiach in this case, no. Yeah. Now the, 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 the statement continues. The Bishamam and Al-Azhar Omer, the Bishamam and Al-Azhar said, Bor Bet Satayim, well, it says the board is allowed to be bet satayim, a bet satayim, mutar. Meaning, he holds it's, it, the board is allowed to be bet satayim, a bet satayim. It's 5,000 squared. What is 5,000 squared? 70 and two-thirds ama by 70 and two-thirds ama. That's the shi'ud. I mean, 70, it's a square. You have 70 two-thirds ama this way, right, going down and across, 70 two-thirds. So you're allowed to have the board, as long as the board is a perfect square of 5,000 uh, square, you're okay. Ve'lo amlu l'arhik ila kedero shavirubashil para. And you get two extra ama outside the board in order for, to put the majority of the cow so he can drink from the board. So what do you see according to the Mishavon? When the Gemara gave the shiur of Bet Satayim, it's Bet Satayim only of Bor. And plus you get two Amma extra of space around the Bor. So that's at least the Mishavon. So the Gemara says, Ha-mid-ka-amar-e-bishavon-el-azar-bor-ve-lo-pasim. The fact that it's the Bishamon's opinion that says that the Shi'ud of Bet Satayim is the board, not including the Pasim, the area around it, Mechlad Rabbi Yehuda, Bor U Pasim Kamar, must be that Rabbi Yehuda argues on this, because they're all brought down <coughs> together. So it must be that's only the Bishamon's opinion. Must be the Biuda holds that no, the, the Bet Satayim is board plus the Pasim. Meaning, only the Bishimon holds that it's the board alone. And then you get two extra amot. Implying that what? The Biyudah must argue on it. And he must hold that when we say Bet Satayim, it is talking about the entire Shi'ur. So the Kabbalah says, no. Velohi. It's not so. The Biyudah, Bor, Belo, Pasim, Ka'amar. The Biyudah also holds. When he says the Shi'ur is Bet Satayim, it's bored alone, and you get two amot extra. So then what's the argument then? So the Gemara says, Which means, if Rabbi Yehuda is saying that the maximum is Bet Satayim, well that's what Rabbi Shomel Al-Azhar says, maximum is Bet Satayim. And if you tell me that they're both saying the same thing also, that the Bet Satayim is only of bored, and plus you get an extra two amot away from the board. So the Biyuda is saying the exact same thing as the Bishavon bin Elazar. The, 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 the area is the same, and what part is the same? Bor plus the Tuamot. So then, what, what, what is the Biyuda and the Bishavon arguing on? So the Bishavon The difference is, if it's rectangular, which means Arikh Vekatin. Arikh means long and narrow. Long and narrow would be a rectangle, which means... For some reason, which we'll see later on, the Gemara, the Bishamon holds. The only way you matir to carry in Bet Satayim, it has to be a perfect square. It has to be 70 and two-thirds by 70 and two-thirds. I mean, if the board is 70 and two-thirds by 70 and two-thirds, then you could have two amot away from the board, mm-hmm. right, for the animal to fit in it. Then it's permissible to carry in such a spot, because it's a square. However, if it's not a perfect square... 
even though it has the same distance. For example, let's say it's 100 by 50. Mm. It's also the same 5,000 uh, amma. However, he'll say, no, that's not considered betzah time, and you're not allowed to carry in such an area with the pasim, in such a, with such an adjustment. <coughs> Where is the biuda will hold? Now, once you have betzah time, I don't care how it's configured. It can be 70 and two-thirds by 70 and two-thirds, the area, or it can be 100 by 50, like a rectangular shape, and therefore the So there is a difference between the biuda and the bishvon. Means they both agree Betzah time is the maximum. They both agree that Betzah time is only the shield of the board. So what's the difference? The configuration. The Bishwan says it's got to be a square. Oh. Square can only be 72 thirds by 72 thirds. Right? Because that would be the shield. And according to uh, the Biuda, no. So as you have the uh, area of 5,000 amma, can be even by 100 by 50. It's Arikh Dekatin. Comes the Gemara and says, "Klal Amar Bishvamen Lazar." The Bishvamen Lazar gave a <coughs> rule: "Kol Avir Shetashmishol Ledira." Any area, any open space that you walled, and the purpose is for dwelling purposes, meaning for the inside, kegon dir, like the pen that they use for the animals fertilizing. So there, what's the wall servicing? For what's inside the walls, meaning that the purpose is to use what's within the walls. Vesahar, again, that's also the walls that they pen the animals in. What do they call that? A corral, yeah. Umukseh, that's the storage in the back of the house. The haser, afilu bet hameshet kurim ubet aseret kurim mutar. Yeah, doesn't matter what the shiur is. Even more than Betzah time, 75 times more than that. Because bottom line, you need it for the inside. But any area that you wall, but you don't need it for the inside, you need it really for the outside. For example, The Burganim, we said, is these huts. Now these huts, they, they make a, the walled area, without, let's say, their... Um, house, but what, what are they using this burganim for? They don't need it for the burganim itself, for this hut where the, where the farmer hides under it. He's really concerned about watching the field that's beyond these huts. So once in a while he runs under the hut to get some shade. But it's not for the hut. The purpose why you wall this area and you made this area is for the outside. Then already it's like a tzidu kafta dira. Then already bet satayim mutar yotem bet satayim. So then you already got the maximum of bet satayim. Rashi, kol avir. When it says kol avir, after pishe eno mekora im tashmishod dirat adam nechnisav nitziat tamid. Fine, then the shul is unlimited. Vechol dirashim mechuse begag, like a burgan. Let's say you have a dira that is covered. Vi asuyad shmirat avir shechut sala, but the only purpose why you're making this roof, the area is not for itself. In order to watch what's outside, he just uses temporarily to go in when it's raining or something like that. But the main purpose is for it is outside. That's like a siru kafledira, and therefore your maximum is going to be bet satayim. And now we start. Now we start. Yes. Now we start the mishnah. The new mishnah. Rabbi Yehuda Omer imayad derech l'shut rabbi mefasaktan yisalekena l'stadim. We're continuing the story of the Pasebiraot. Now you have to remember the Pasebiraot are open on all sides. 
We had a machloket, ten amot between each uh, diumad, or thirteen and a third amot between each diumad. The bottom line, it's not walls, and they're totally open. So now the she'elah is, let's say you have it in an area that's heavily populated, and the rabim are able to just walk through the the, the open areas. <laughs> so the biuda says that the rabim have an ability to take that shutiyahid area and break it. Which means these imaginary walls now become broken since the Rabbim are able to trespass and walk through it. So what does the Biudah say? The only way to keep your Pasib, you know, to the Shut is you have to reroute the Rishut Rabbim. Yisallekera l'stadim. Meaning you have to put the Rishut Rabbim, instead of letting them walk right through your Pasib, you have to reroute them so they'll walk around. Otherwise, the Rabbim have an ability to mevatel the Mechitzot. That's Shittat, the Biudah. However, Hakamim argue. Hakamim Omrim, Enot Sarich. Hakamim say no. The Rabim, even if they're walking right through, it doesn't matter. Bottom line, what you, you do, you Madima set up properly. I don't care if the Rabim are walking in and out of your area. The Mechitzot are considered Mechitzot. And the Rabim do not have the, the uh, ability to break. So comes the Gemara and says, Rabbi Yohanan, Rabbi Lahazar, Dami Tarvayu, Kano Diyaka, Kohan Shil Mechitzot. So we learned the statement earlier. Mm-hmm. Rabbi Yohanan and Rabbi Lahazar both said, from here you see the power of these mechitzot. Mm-hmm. I mean, according to the hachamim, even though the rabim are walking through the area, still it's considered a shutiyahid, which means the masses do not have the ability to break these mechitzot, so to speak, and take it out of its status of a shutiyahid. So what do you see from over here? The power of these mechitzot. Right. Which is once you put these diumadim up, Finish. It is a shutiyahid regardless of the trespassers. So you see over here, the rabbis commented and said, Here you see the strength of the mechitzot, that nothing can break them. So the Gemara says, It sounds like they're saying that not only here you see the principle, but it sounds like they hold like it, which means they agree to the concept. See, they weren't just saying a, a statement, but they hold of it. Halakha. That the Rabim cannot mevatel the mechitzot. So the Gebarah says, is that possible? We have a statement of Rabbi Yohanan. He said, Yerushalayim, regarding the city of Jerusalem, if it weren't for the fact that every night they would close the gates of the city, which means Jerusalem was a walled city. Okay? Now, if it was walled, how did people get in? Well, obviously at the ends of the city, there's a little opening in the wall for people to go in and go out. So you have a little opening on one side, you go straight across the city, you have a little opening on the other side. But it's the majority, of course, is walled. But the Rabbim obviously have access to walk through. So the Gemara says, in the name of Rabbi Hanan, were it not for the fact that they close these gates at the ends of the city every night, then Hayavim Aleyah Mishum Neshut Rabbim. Then Jerusalem would be considered a Neshut Rabbim. So according to Rabbi Hanan, what's making Jerusalem a Neshut Yahid? The fact that you're closing it at night. What are you talking about? Rabbi Hanan, you just told us that if you have walls, I don't care if people are walking through it. 
it's the walls, nothing is stronger than walls. So what do you have to have, what do you have to block the access for once a night? Which is according to Yohanan, it should be enough the fact that you have walls, it's even better than Pesim. You have actual walls, so you have a little breach, it's not even a breach, it's a petah at the end. In your Oscar, I think you have a, a picture of that. Uh, you can see, uh, what, what, you see the walls of Jerusalem, and you see at the end you have a little uh, uh, gate. Why, according to Yohanan, would you have to put the uh, <coughs> gates at night? So it's a stidat to what he said. He says, you're right. Must be that Rabbi Yohanan, he was only reacting to the opinion of the rabbis. According to the rabbis, Mechitzot are powerful. But he doesn't hold like that. He holds, if the Rabin can go through, you need to block them off. Because the Rabin do have the ability to break the wall. So it's Velos Vila, he does not subscribe to that opinion. Now the Gemara says, Veramed Rabbi Yudad Rabbi Yudad, Veramed Rabbanan. Now the Gemara is giving a contradiction to Rabbi Yudad's opinion from another statement of Rabbi Yudad, and from the Rabbi's opinion to another statement of the Rabbis. The Tanya, because we have a Braita, Yeter Al-Kenamar Rabbi Yudad. Rabbi Yudah said further, uh, what did he say? This is a case where we saw already several times. According to Rabbi Yudah, you have, let's say, uh, two houses on the opposite sides of the Rishut Rabim. Right? So one house is one wall. And the other house across the street is considered another wall. And you have the Rishut Rabim going in the middle. So how do you adjust such a situation if you want to carry across the street? Over the Rishut Rabin. So the Gemara says, So you put a lehi on either side of one of the homes. Or you place cross beams across each side of the homes. Now, And you're able to carry in the middle. Now, right away you have a question against the Yudah. What are you talking about? The Rabi were able to just to walk right through this area. So what is your lehi or your kona, which you're considering like a third wall, but so what? It's, it's, open, it's wide open. The Buddha holds that if walls can be penetrated by the Rabim, second to the walls. And that's the stina against the Buddha. Now look at the rabbi's opinion. Amru lo, the rabbi's told the Buddha, en me'arvim neshut rabim bekach. The rabbi said, no, you can't make neshut rabim bekach. Which means, so you cannot make an eruv in the neshut rabim like this. So the assumption is why? Because the people can walk right through it. What do you mean? Rabbis, you hold in the Mishnah that once you have walls, I don't care if the people are able to walk through. So it's a stira according to the Biuda and a stira against Hakamim. Kasha the Biuda the Biuda. Kasha the Rabbanan the Rabbanan. So the Gemara says the Biuda the Biuda la Kasha. Hatam di ikashtem mehisot mealiyata. According to the Be'uda, which we said this Shita several times already, Min Torah, how many walls do you need for the Shuti Yahid according to the Be'uda? Two walls. That's Shita to Be'uda. And therefore, technically, I have two legitimate walls. I have the house on one side, the house on the other side. But the banan, I need a lehi to be considered like the third wall. But according to the Be'uda, Min Torah, I'm good. I got two walls with a Rishutarim in the middle. That really is considered a Rishutayahid already, Minat Torah. But what? You need an adjustment with Rabbanan. So it's just in that case, over there, since you have two solid walls, I don't care if the Rabbim are walking through. I have two walls. However, Here do I have walls? No, I have Diyumadim. 
Now, you're right, you tell me that the Yubadim are considered like walls, because you have an Amah going on this side, and Amah going up, and Amah going across, but really it's not considered solid walls. It's more airspace. So therefore, in that case, Abiyudah is going to say, since you don't have regular solid walls, then the Abiyudah are able to break it. But in this case, where you have two walls of houses on both sides, that's okay. Now, the Rabbanana, the Rabbanana, the and that the rabbis against themselves in contradiction is no question why. Which means here, you're right, they might, by the Diyumadim case, they might not be solid walls, but in principle, what are these Diyumadim, what are they considered? Four walls. So bottom line, because each Diyumad is an L, mm-hmm. right? So it's forming a wall on two sides. So therefore... Since bottom line, I have an adjustment that makes it considered four walls. You have four walls that a beam cannot break the walls. However, haka lekashim dalad mechitzot. But here, you don't have four mechitzot. You just have two walls on the side. That's not enough kotra hakamim to make it a shuta yahid deoraita. I don't have two walls. So you want to tell me why you got a lehi? That's not a wall. Lehi is, is an adjustment just as, as, as the third wall. A kotra hakamim, you need three walls. Minimally to make a shoot the Here you don't have the walls, so therefore the rabim is going to be able to to break it. So therefore, the difference is alehi. Sorry, the case of the yumadim, you have what's called shem arba mehitzot. You have in 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 name at least you have it's considered four walls. Once you have your four walls, the rabim are not going to break it. Exactly, each one is considered two walls, and therefore you're okay. However, in the case of the um, uh, in the case of the uh, house, you only have two. Therefore, the Rabbim are able to break it. Comes again, but continues. Amar of Yitzhak, Bar Yosef, Amar of Yohanan, Eris Yisrael, regarding the land of Israel, and Hayavim Adiyam, Meshim Reshut Rabbim. Broad statement. The land of Israel is not considered a Reshut Rabbim. Anywhere in Israel you walk, you don't have a problem of walking in a public domain. So the Gemara wants to understand this over here. Yatif Ravdimi Vikamar Lilashmata. So Ravdimi sat and said over this halakha, Amar the Abayel Ravdimi. So Abayel told Ravdimi, My Tama, what's the reason why you're saying such a such a halakha? Ide Mamishum de Makifla Sulmad de Tsur Mehach Gisa if you're telling me because the land of Israel basically is surrounded. What is it surrounded? Well, on one side you have Sulma de Tzur. Sulma de Tzur is the rocks of Sur. Meaning, in one side this very high mountains, let's say, rocky mountain, and therefore it's a wall on one side. And on the other side, you have what's called Hatna de Gader. That she says, Moret Haritz Amuk You have a valley that's low, ten tefahim, a drop of ten tefahim deep, four tefahim wide, which is also considered a Rishuti Yahid. So it could be because Israel is surrounded by wall on one side of mountain, of the, you're calling it Sulma de Sur, like the heights of Sur. And on the other side you have the valley which is also considered Shukti Ha'id. So that's why basically all of Israel is surrounded by walls. And therefore it's all considered, considered a Rishut Ha'yahid. Is that, is that, is that what you're telling me? Is that why there's no Rishut Ha'yahid in Israel? So the Gebarah says, if that's your logic, 
Babel Nameh. So then Babel also, Iraq, Babel, the old day uh, Babel, should also be considered not an issue to the Bim. Why? Makifle Perat Mehaigisa, Vediglat Mehaigisa. Because it's surrounded by water. On one side you have Perat, you have the Euphrates River, and the other side you have the Tigris. And therefore, basically it's surrounded the, the natural uh, borders. Therefore, if for that matter, you should tell me Bavel also has a deen of a uh, reshut, meaning a sakasur reshut, harabim. So the Gemara says, well, once you're going to, in saying that, go even further. The whole world is surrounded by Oceanus, which means the oceans surround the whole entire mass of land. So therefore, once you tell me uh, you, you could use the, 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 the water as a wall, so <coughs> there should be no Rishut Rabim at all in the world. Because every mass of land is surrounded by the ocean. So therefore, uh, the Gemara comes along and says the following. Dilma ma'alot umurdot ka'amart. So he comes along and says, uh, says Abaye telling uh, Ravdimi, he says, maybe this is what you meant. You know, when, you, when you said the statement that Israel is uh, not considered Shut Rabim, maybe it's because the Ma'alot and the Mordot. What is that? So it seems that uh, Israel on the side of it has uh, areas that are uh, high, that's Ma'alot, and Mordot areas that go low. The way they explain that, Ma'alot uh, Muradot, which means certain areas of Israel that are very, uh, that go to a, uh, a slope. They slope up, and certain areas that slope down. Which means, since it's very uh, hard to walk up, those areas, uh, very, very narrow and, uh, uh, and steep, exactly. So those areas, even though, let's say, they're wide, and they have, let's say, uh, you know, the properties of the Shutanabim, they're not going to be considered Shutanabim because their access is not so simple, easy to, for people to uh, to use. And therefore, uh, a regular uh, Rabim of Israel, I don't pay attention to the to the to, to, to the to the side the areas uh, of, of the, the water the bodies of water, etc. However, maybe you just talk about the steep areas. So those steep areas are called Ma'alot Umurdot. Those steep areas of Israel, that's what you were talking about are not considered. Now, we have to analyze. Why not? Bottom line, if there's mountains on one side and you tell me there's uh, uh, water on the other side or you have uh, uh, you know, the, the, the valley on the other side, why shouldn't that be considered a, uh, you know, to make Israel a Shut Yahid? So the explanation is... If you're going according to the opinion of the Behuda, the Behuda says that any area that the Rabbim are able to penetrate, so that doesn't make the walls walls. The Rabbim are able to bevatel mechitzot. So since these areas, as well as the waters of the Tigris and the Euphrates around Iraq, Madel, people can access them. Once people can go across them, finish, they're not considered mechitzot. So that's the way the Behuda at least could understand. Uh, why these natural uh, uh, borders are not going to make the land uh, around, that's in between them a reshut yahid? Oh, what about the rabbis? But the rabbis hold no. Once you have borders, I don't care if the rabbis are able to access them. So why then should Jerusalem, Israel, or Iraq for that matter, be considered yahid? So they'll hold like this. The way Tosafot understands. When did the rabbis say? That the Rabim 
are not a factor, that's when you put up man-made mehitzot. When you go block them and put up man-made mehitzot, then I don't give to the beam walk through them. However, on natural mehitzot, for example, an ocean, a lake, a river, these uh, slopes, that these or these mountains that go high, these valleys that go low, then you don't say the sivara of uh, Rabim cannot mevatel mehitzot. Then you do say Rabim are mevatel. So if according to no opinion, could you rely on these uh, natural borders to make Eretz Israel, or for that matter, Bavel, or for that matter, the world, Eretz Yahid. Also, then what were you saying when you said Eretz Israel? No, we were only talking about the steep areas in Eretz Israel. Since uh, those areas are not so accessible for the Rabim, it's hard for them to, to climb those areas. So those are going to be not considered a Deshut Harabim. So that's the way um, Abaye answered the statement. Okay, now who made the statement originally? The statement originally was made by the Yohanan. So Navdimi came along and said in the name of the Yohanan, Eris Yisrael is not a Deshut Harabim. So finally, Abaye, with all his questions, gave the solution to that statement. So Abdimi was very impressed by uh, Abaye. So Abdimi comes along and says to Abaye, Amar Le, right, we're on the uh, fifth line. Amar Le, he tells him, Karkafna hazite lereshach be'amudeh. Which means literally, Karkafna uh, Bala gulgolet, I see you're the man with the with the head. Karkafna, you have a a good brain. You have a literally a skull, which means your brain is very good. Hazitelereshech, I see your head be'amude in the yeshiva ki amar of Yohanan neishmata, which means Abdimi saying when I heard this from the Yohanan, I see your face. At the time that he made that statement, which is that's exactly what he meant. Which means your interpretation yeah. is the interpretation what the Yohanan actually said, which is, I see the, your image, Abaye, it's as if you were there. Abaye was not there, Abaye did not see the Yohanan. It's as if you were there when he made that statement. I see your face over there in the yeshiva when the Yohanan said what he said. Your, your head is in between the Amudim of the Midrash of the Yohanan. He just said, good. Now, Itman, now we have a statement to support this. Kiataravin, when Navin came, Amar of Yohanan Ramli, Lamar of Abu Amar of Yohanan, Ma'alot umurdot shebe'erich Israel. That's again the Ma'alot umurdot, those are the uh, steep places of Erich uh, Israel. And Hayabim Alem Shurishutarabim. You're not Hayab, we don't treat them like Erishutarabim defi, She'enam Kidiglemidbar. Because they are not like the flags, literally, of the Midbar. Meaning, where do we learn the law of the Shuta Rabim from? From the Midbar. When the Jewish people were in the Midbar. Now, what's one thing we know about the Midbar? It was flat terrain. Now, even the mountainous areas, the Midrash tells us that the Anan used to come in the morning, the cloud, and flatten the terrain out. So wherever the Jewish people were walking in the Midbar, it was basically flat. So from there, we learn only in a flat area that's easily accessible for walking by the Rabim, that can be considered Shuta Rabim. However, if it's a steep area, that's not going to be considered. So therefore, you see a similar concept. Comes again, Moran says, Says, that's the name of a rabbi. Asked Rava, let's say you have a mound that slopes up ten tefahim within four amot. 
which means the slope is a gradual slope that goes all the way up to ten tefahim, but it's ten tefahim within four amot. All right, now the Gemara wants to know the rabim bokaimbo, but the rabim go through it, which means they're able to walk up and down. He's not saying it's in the street. You're walking straight in the shoot rabim. They have this slope that goes up to ten tefahim, and then you you go back down. So the Gemara wants to know hayabim alav meshut rabim or in hayabim alav. Is that considered the shoot Rabim or not? That area, since it's a little difficult to access it, you got to walk up the uh, the ramp. So is that considered shoot Rabim or not? So comes the uh, Gemara and says, Alibad Rabbanan Lotiv According to the rabbis, for sure there's no question. Why? What's 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 the what's the point? Hashta over here. Uma hatam deni hatash in the case of the Diyumadim, where it was on a flat terrain, and the people are just able to walk right through it easily, and still you said that the Rabim do not break the Mehitzot, here where it's much more difficult for the Rabim to walk up the ramp, local chicken, of course it's not going to break, which means this, this ramp has a deed of Rishut Yahid. Which means, uh, bottom line, it's got the height, ten tefahim. It's got the width. Of course, we're talking about on top of at least four tefahim. <coughs> if you're telling me that, even though people walk through it, right? If you tell me that by pasim, where it was easy for them to walk through, and still you tell me, as a dinner of the shuti, there's walls. Kolshek in here, where the rabim have to struggle to walk through. It's a little difficult because it's high. Although more so, it's not going to break the status of the uh, incline. It's going to be considered a deshuta yahid. So this statement is not for the rabbis. So comes the Gemara and says, Kitiv, why is it natural? Who says it's natural? Maybe you made it. Kitiv elach alibad Rabbi Yehuda. He says, the question is according to Rabbi Yehuda. My. Over there, I'll tell you, you know why it breaks to the shoot Rabim according to Rabbi Yehuda. Because it's very, very easy for them to walk right through the pasim. Mm-hmm. However, mm-hmm. But over here, where it's not so easy to, for the Rabim to walk up these ramps, <laughs> maybe the Rabim cannot nullify the Mechitsa, or or maybe we say it doesn't matter. Anytime the Rabim could walk through the area, it breaks the Mechitsa, whether it's easy for them or not. That's the question according to the Mechitsa. Amar Hayavin. He told them, Hayav. Which is, yes, according to the Bihuda, it doesn't make a difference. Once the Rabim walks through it, I don't care if it's 10 high, 4 wide, doesn't matter. Rabim are walking through it, which means it's accessible for the Rabim, even though it's a little more difficult. They are going to be Hayav. It is considered a shoot. According to the Bihuda, it doesn't go with easy or not easy. Once the Rabim walks through it, it makes it a shoot that I'm It breaks the mechitzot. So the Gemara wants to know to what extent. Which means, even if you have to uh, uh, walk up with it, with a with a hevel, with a rope, which sounds like you need a, a rope to climb up this, uh, with it. so it's very hard. It's not so easy anymore uh, to access this over here. Right, you need the help of a rope to climb it. So the Gemara says, Amalein. He done, yeah. Even if you need the rope to get up there, it's a reshut that I Bottom line, the people go up there. So he says, Va'afilu bet maron. 
even if it's like the steps of Bet Maron, which the Gemara tells were very narrow and very steep steps, where only one person could walk up at a time, still if it's narrow as that, which is again very hard for the beam to walk up, and they walk it up there, it is going to be batel the mehitans are going to be considered a the shoot harabim. Bet Meron was the name of a a place. Uh, if you remember in Masechet Rosh Hashanah, uh, that's why it says on Rosh Hashanah that everybody goes in front of Borei Olam Kibnei Maron. So one explanation the Gemara was what is Kibnei Maron, like the steps of Bet Maron, which is everybody goes one at a time, like they would walk up the steps of Bet Maron, a narrow place, and they judged in front of Borei Olam. So Amar in he told them. That was the question. Even if it's so narrow, like the steps of Bet Maron, he told them yes. Which is bottom line, according to Biuda, any situation where the Rabim access the area, no matter how difficult it is, they break the deen of the Rishut Hayakid. Etibe, we have a question. Hatzer, you have a. Uh, courtyard, right? Which means it has uh, breaches in it where the Rabbim are able to access the Hatzir. They're able to go in and out. Okay? Which means there's a pirza, either a breach or a door. It's not more than 10 amot. Which is Hatzir is still considered a Hatzir. It's not considered a breach more than 10 Amur. However, they're able to go in from one side to the other side. There's all two, two sides it's opened. So now it's open up to the Rabim. So it says, Reshut Rabim le Tum'ah. Regarding the laws of Tum'ah, we consider it the Reshut Rabim. The Reshut Yahid the Shabbat. But regarding Shabbat, it's considered the Reshut Yahid. Now let's review. We learned earlier in the Masechet that when it comes to the laws of Tum'ah, if you find Tum'ah in the Reshut Rabim, or you have a safek, I should say. You don't know. You have a question in Tum'ah and Ta'ara in the Rishut Tarabim. What's the deen? Tahor. If you have a safek in the Rishut Yahid, Tameh. Where do we learn this deen from? We learned the deen from a sota. A sota, she secluded herself uh, with a man in private. And what does the Torah say? We don't know if she committed a sin or not. But the Torah says she's considered Tameh. She's forbidden to be with her. Husband. So what do you see over here? Safek Tum'ah Birshuta Yahid Tameh. But Safek Tum'ah Birshuta Rabim Tahor. That's a klal. So therefore, regarding this Hatser that's opened up on both sides, with the Rabim able to walk through it, the Gabit Tum'ah, we treat it like a Rishut Harabim. And therefore, Safek Tum'ah is going to be Lekula. However, the Inyan Shabbat, we consider it a Rishut Hayahid. So the Gemara says, Mani. Who's the author of such a statement? If you want to tell me it's the rabbis, which is, and what's the point? Because since, we don't care. By the way, you got walls of Yahatsir. I don't care if the Rabbim are walking through. The rabbis' opinion is what? People, Rabbim, do not break the walls. So the Gemara says, it's obvious. Hashta, uma atam amri lo Which means, in the case of the Pasim, where it's totally opened. It's very easy for the Rabim just to walk through. And you still tell me what? The Me'itzot are considered Me'itzot. Here it's a little difficult because there are walls. 
<coughs> Rabbi only access the Hasid through the little breaches. So it's much harder to access the Hasid than it is to access the Pasim. And if you're telling me that they don't break the Pasim, all the more so they're not going to break the Hasid. So uh, you don't have to tell me this. I mean, the rabbis, it's obvious that this case over here, the walls of the Hasid are still considered a Hasid. Which means the Rabbim do not have the right, the ability to Mivatil. In the lab, Rabbi Udai. Oh, so you want to tell me must be it's the Biuda. So, what do you see over here? That is coming along now where the Biuda is telling you Hadush that when it's harder to walk through, so that makes a difference. Then already the Rabim will not break the Mehidzot. Maybe the Biuda only said it's deemed by Pasim, where it's easy for them to walk through, so they break the Mehidzot. But here by the Hatsin, which is a little more difficult, could be the Mehidzot remains the Shuti Yahid. The camera says, Lo, Le'olam, the Banan. Really, I'll tell you, this statement of the Hatsid is going according to the opinion of the rabbis. But we said, you don't need it. So you do need it. You know the Hadushes of the statement? Not the Inyan Shabbat. The Inyan Shabbat, we know it. For sure, it's considered the Yahid. The Hadush was the Tuma'ah statement. Meaning, the rabbis said this statement to teach me that the Gabet Tuma'ah, we're going to consider this Hatsid that has the breach in it. And therefore, So therefore, the rabbis did indeed make the statement. Is there a hadush for Shabbat? No. What's the hadush? The anyan tumah. That what? That the tumah is going to be the anyan tumah to be considered a reshut harabim. Tashema. Another case. Mevuot and fulashot beborot. You have a mavui. It's open on both sides with wells. Bishirin. Bishirin is um, also like furrows. Ubemearot. And also like underground caves. Reshut yachid the Shabbat. It's considered reshut yachid for Shabbat. This mavui. The reshut terabim the tumah. However, the gemet tumah is considered reshut terabim. So the gemara says beborot salkadatach. What are you talking about? How do you have a mavui that's made out of wells? She says, how do you walk into it? If it's all wells, it's not considered a mavui. But that was the gemara statement. You have a mavui that's made out of wells. So the gemara doesn't mean that. Ela leborot. Meaning, it's opened up to a bore. If you look at your picture books, in picture number 136, you see a mavui, and right at the entrance of the mavui, there's a big giant well. Now, the people are able to walk into this mavui on the sides. Okay? Which means there's a little area on the sides where the people can access the mavui. So the Gemara wants to say, Le'inyan Shabbat. Yeah, you, you, no, it's open, it's mefulash. No, the Gemara says it's open, it's open on both sides. But in Shabbat, the Gemara is considered a deshut hayahid. Meaning what? This mavui over here, we're going to consider it a private one, because we're going to consider this well over here as if it's closing that that spot, right? So therefore, technically, you have it's closed on three sides. Now, uh, even though. Even though the Rabim are walking through it. I mean, it's not a wall here. Bottom line, the people are able to go a, around it. So the Gemara says, Who's the author of that statement? If you want to tell me that that's the opinion of the rabbis, In the case of the Pasim, where it's easy for them to walk right through, You told me that the Rabim do not break the Mechitzot. Here where it's not so easy for the Rabim to walk through, local chicken, or the more so, that 
well is going to be considered a mechitza, and therefore it's going to be an ishut yachayin. It's pashut, according to the rabbis. El alav, the biudai. Must be the hadushas according to the biudai. That when it's difficult for the rabim to access, it's considered that the rabim, uh, that it's considered a ishut yachayin. Meaning the rabim do not have the ability to mevatel. Skibra says, no. Le'olam Rabbanan I'll tell you now that case is also going according to the rabbis Vereshut harabim Letumayit serichale And the hadush is again For Vereshut harabim Le'inyan tumah Which is right for the Shabbat law I don't need it Of course it's Vereshut harabim Shabbat Bottom line this well is considered the A wall It's blocking it I the rabim can walk through it So what? Once the well is there blocking it The rabim are not going to Break a wall Certainly in this case it's not going to break because it's difficult for them to go through. If it didn't break it in the case of Pasim where it's easy, certainly it's not going to break it in this case. So what was the Hadush the statement? The Tum'ah case. Meaning the Inyan Tum'ah, this Mavui is considered a Deshut Harabim. The Gemara continues, Tashema Shevile Bet Gilgul. The roads of Bet Gilgul Bahem and roads that are similar to it, the Shabbat have the status of the Shutiyahid for Shabbat. The Rishut Rabim le Tumah. Regarding the laws of Tumah, they have a deen of Rishut Rabim, as we explained. The laws of Tumah, the Rishut Rabim, Sefeko Tahor. So the Gemara asks, Ve'ezehu Shevile Bet Gilgul. What are these roads of Bet Gilgul? What are they considered? What are they? Amri de Berabi and I call Sheena Eved Yacholi told Seashul Haitin, the Yarut Slefne Sardiut. Which means they are so steep that a slave, a servant, cannot carry a Seah of wheat and run from the officer. Which means if a servant is being chased, he wouldn't be able to run up these uh, steep hills because they're very, uh, very inclined, they're very steep. So therefore, that. That's what basically these roads of Shevileh Bet Kedgudah were very steep roads that um, were in Eres Israel. And what does the Gemara say? In Yan Shabbat, they have a status of Veshut Yahid. So the Gemara says, Mani, who's the author? Ili Marabanan, if you tell me that these are, this is the opinion of the rabbis, Hashta Umatam Dinihatashmishteh. In the case of the Pasim, where they were easily accessible, where the people were able just to walk across the Pasim, and still Amri Rabbanan, Lo'ate Rabbim you said that the public that walks through the Pasim does not have the ability to nullify its walls, meaning even though it's easily accessible by the Rabbim, still maintains its status of a reshut. Hayahid, here where it's not so easily accessible, because they're so steep, local chicken, is it an obvious? Or the more so it's going to maintain its status of Rishut Yahid because of its steepness. El Adav, the Biyudai. And it must be, it is the opinion of the Biyudai. What do you see from the Biyudai? That he only said that the Rabbim Amivatil the Mechitzot when it's easily accessible. Which means when the Rabbim are able just to walk right through like the case of the Paseh Biraot. But in the case of Eshevile Ben Gilgul, since it's difficult for them to have to climb up the... The, uh, the, 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 the the steepness of these hills so therefore it is going to be a reshut hayahid even according to the biyuda so comes the Gemara and says Amar leh 
So he says back, Shivile bet Gilgul Kamar. You bring your question from Shivile bet Gilgul. Yamara says, Yoshua Ohev Yisrael Haya. Yoshua Benun loved the Jewish people. And his love manifested itself that when he settled the land for the Jewish nation, he made a lot of different tekanot. And he made a lot of different uh, rules that were beneficial to them in how they're going to settle the land. One of the things he did for them is he established private property and public property. So the benefit of the people to have certain areas that can be used by public, meaning public access to them, and certain areas that are considered private property. Ahmad So Yeshua rose up and he established for them derachim v'sartiyah. He established for them uh, roads and uh, public uh, thoroughfares. Any area that was easily accessible and usable by the Rabim, Masal Rabim. He said that it could be used by the Rabim, and therefore he took it away from the private property so everybody could use it. Then any areas that were not so easily used, for example, like Shivilet Bet Gilgul, Masal Yahid. So he gave those over to the Yahid, meaning what the Gemara is trying to say. In Eretz Yisrael, you're right. In Eretz Yisrael, Rabbi Yehuda agrees that steepness is considered private property, even though Rabbi might cross through it. The Rabbim do not mevatel the Yahid in Eretz Yisrael based on Takana of Yeshua Benun. When did, so don't bring me a question by Shivile uh, Bet Gilgul that you're telling me that according to Rabbi Yehuda it's considered a Shuti Yahid, therefore you want to make a rule. And say that when it's not so easily accessible that a beam can't penetrate it as the deen of a yahid. Now that's only in Eretz Israel, because Yeshua made a takana in these areas. However, Bechutz in Hutzlaz, whenever the Rabim are going to penetrate an area, whether it's easily <laughs> penetrated or whether it's not, they are going to mivatel the Me'itzor and it's going to make it a Yishtarim. So don't bring me a question to get from Shivile Bet Gilgul. That's a special deen in Eris Israel. Now, let's read Rashi. Yeshua of Yisrael Haya, Ubemahalot Ubemordot Eris Israel. Now go back, if you remember we learned that in the steep places and in the uh, declines of Erez Israel, we had a statement of Rabbi Yohanan. Rabbi Yohanan said that they also have a status of the shoot Hayyachid because they were not similar to Diglim Midbar. Because we learned earlier what Pshat was Diglim Midbar was flat terrain. And that's the Rishut Rabim, that's the paradigm of the Rishut Rabim, the Diglim Midbar. But these inclines and uh, declines, just say not flat, so therefore they don't have a status of the Shutarim. Now, we say a different explanation. We say since they're inclined and declined, and they're not accessible to the Rabim, Yoshua Binun made them private property, and Rabbi Yohanan meant they have a status, which means they're not like the Glemidbar, meaning the Glemidbar is the Shutarim. They are not like the Glemidbar, because they are the Shut. Hayyachid. Nothing to do with the that they're flat or not. This is a takana in Eris Israel. Let's read the Tzashi. Yoshua of Israel, Ya'u Ma'alot, Ubordot Eris Israel, Modina Lach. 
Rabbi Yehuda will say, I agree to you on those inclines and declines. The en hayavim alehem. Vechi amina lach the hayavim b'shar aratzot ka'amina. And why did Rabbi Yehuda say that he's indeed hayav? Which means that the Rabbi penetrated the Shutyayit in other lands. But Eretz, don't bring me any proof from Eretz Yisrael. Eretz Yisrael has a special status because of the Takana of Yoshua Ben Nun. Baruch Adonai Le'olam. Amen ve'amen.